Well, you might think, since this is Trinity Sunday, that I'm going to talk about the Trinity and finally explain this central mystery of our faith in terms that will, at last, make sense of a very complex piece of dogma. You might think that, but you'd be wrong. (laughs) That's a lot to ask for one homily. Instead, I think what I'd like to do is to look at these three scripture readings and see if we can't find in them some hint of what the Trinity means for how we live our lives today. These readings were chosen for a reason, and I think it's always instructive to look for what that reason might be. So let's take that Deuteronomy reading first. Moses is addressing the people of ancient Israel, having presented to them the laws of the Lord, And he explains to them that giving this law gives them a new way to live. They are now a people chosen by God and living in covenant with God. They are united with the creator as no other people ever has been. This covenant began at the creation and was revealed to Abraham But until this point in history, they were a family, a tribe, a group of tribes. And what now sets them apart is that they are now a nation who know what it is that God asks of them. God has spoken to them directly, and they have lived. At this moment, they and we became a people to whom God has been revealed. The creator is no longer a philosophical construct or a distant power or revealed only to a few select leaders. God has chosen us to be his people. And that choosing involved a dramatic rescue from slavery, but it also gives us a set of expectations about how we are to live. Those expectations, however, proved to be too hard for us. The law wasn't enough to save us. And so God revealed to us his son. As St. Paul writes to the Romans, we've been changed by the coming of Christ. We are no longer mere subjects of the law. We're no longer slaves. Instead, we are made into God's own children and heirs. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Because of the love between the Father and the Son, Christ was raised from the dead, and we inherit eternal life along with him. And so with Jesus, we can cry out, Abba. I think it's important to say a word or two here about language. When we refer to God as Trinity and we use the words Father and Son, those are metaphors. Jesus is the only member of the Trinity whose gender we know. The Creator isn't male or masculine, just as the Holy Spirit isn't female or feminine. But Jesus chose the metaphor of Father and Son to express the abiding love and kinship between himself and the creator. Our language doesn't really have a way to express this relationship adequately. 
Some people find the metaphor of father and son to be a difficult one, and it's not the only possible metaphor to express the relationship within the Trinity, but it is the one that Jesus chose. Anytime we're speaking of God metaphorically or analogically, we are going to come up with an inadequate formulation because God is always beyond the reach of our language. If you're interested for a more uh, thorough explanation, sometime tonight, if you're sitting at a computer or an internet-connected device, Google St. Patrick's Bad Analogies, and it'll bring up about a five-minute-long video that explains why all of our analogies to talk about the Trinity are inadequate. It's really hysterical. Our Gospel today is from the end of Matthew's Gospel. Having been chosen by God and through Christ adopted as God's children, we are given the Holy Spirit to ensure that God is with us always, guiding us and giving us the strength and courage and faith and joy and the other gifts that we need. Because our task as followers of Christ and children of God doesn't end with the establishing of this relationship. Just as the people of Israel were given a set of expectations when they received the law on Mount Sinai, we were given a set of expectations when we received the Holy Spirit. The Gospel doesn't say, sit in church and make disciples of all those who wander in. It doesn't say, you wait here and I'll go make disciples of everyone else. It says, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Trinity. Teach them to carry out all that Christ has commanded. And this is where the rubber hits the road for the disciples of Jesus. The Trinity is fundamentally about the internal relationships within God, between the persons that we call Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the nature of those relationships has been revealed to us not by the language we use, but by how God has chosen to relate to us. At every turn, God has chosen to love us and to make us his own. And Jesus has commanded us to reveal those loving Trinitarian relationships to all the world. The Trinity isn't just about who God is, but who God is for us. Through all salvation history, God has revealed a complex and loving reality to us. And today we are asked to continue that revelation to all of humanity.